0: hello everyone and welcome to the post 20 podcast you're now listening to episode 126 of the show my name is evan i'm joined as always by my co-host matt and what's going on with you this week
1: uh happy i think that's the first feeling i get because the u.s in international qualifiers since we have this um club break we've been watching the u.s they got uh, a nice draw against Mexico um but me personally we could have won the game so a little disappointed there but um at the start I was happy if we got a point and then a uh, big emphatic win over Panama pretty much secured our spot in the World Cup so we will be in unless a cata- a catastrophe happens tonight against Costa Rica in the last match so um it's all looking good there's that like little sliver of of doubt. In me that something could happen, but I think we'll be fine. Uh, um, My little guys got another win this weekend, so we're on like a two-game win streak.
0: Let's go! Um, They're
1: getting some confidence, and we've established our lineup and the players in their positions. So um, just working on working, just trying to fix one or two fundamental issues, building out of the back and um just little things here and there but um just trying to keep it simple not over not try to make things too complicated for them and myself because right. um you can just go down a rabbit hole of things that you'd like to work on but you just got to think think what the fix the major problems and then just work your way down the list so yeah. um yeah it's been a good week um overall i guess
0: good that's awesome yeah i've i've had a decent week as well um trying to figure things out in my life a little bit and making, you know, slow but steady progress. So that's been good. Um, in terms of other things that happened, I think, oh, I actually, I broke my personal best, uh, playing golf. I was on a trip obviously to Florida two weeks ago now, but, um, since I've come back, I've been playing some, some inspired golf. So, um, shot my, shot my low, which is an 83 only. I think I passed my one year anniversary of really starting to play a lot at least once a week um mm-hmm. in January so I'm down to to around 83 to 85 every single time I play I don't think I have around wow. above 86 um in quite some time so it's been good I'm I'm happy with that um that's great yeah I want to continue to see myself improve you know I've been taking not not a ton of lessons but I've had a few and I practice a lot so that's nice it's good to like if you can have something in your life that you can steadily improve on and that you can look forward to doing every week i think that's uh that's a really nice thing to have so um okay let's uh let's move on uh we only have 10 games to preview here and of course we are going in with very limited knowledge of how these teams and players more specifically will perform after coming off an intensely um important international break for many many uh, players here, but we'll jump right in. We have Liverpool versus Watford on April 2nd. Um, I mean, this is, this is one of those games that really, I I don't really think we need to, um, dig too deep into how these guys are going to perform. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Liverpool in this one. I think they're going to absolutely slaughter Watford. We have a bunch of guys coming right off important games, uh, Mo Salah and, uh, Sadio Mane being two of those guys, and I wanted to ask you before uh, I let you break things down a little bit: Did you happen to see the Senegal versus Egypt match yesterday?
1: I didn't see the game, but I've saw I've seen it on social media with the laser pointers, um, just the difference in um, how games are managed, the game day operations in these in these yeah. stadiums and the countries. I guess just the just the difference in. I don't I don't know what I want to say, but technology or just organization of the people in charge, or maybe it's maybe I should just say the federations. That's of what these it countries. is. Countries. Yeah, that's
0: a that's a better catch-all, I think.
1: Um, just the difference in uh, Mo Salah in a penalty shootout has thirty laser pointers directly at him, and he skies the ball, which you can't put any blame on him. It's just uh, something. There's nothing you can do about it. And after the game, you get people running on the field booing booing him and in the Nigeria match Nigeria lost to Cameroon and Nigerian fans rushed the field chasing the players off like um I can understand the passion and the anxiety as a fan not seeing your team qualify for a world cup but that doesn't mean you can you can pursue to uh conduct violence on these people because they maybe have even more feelings towards not qualifying they have all this they're thinking about all the people they've let down, most importantly themselves, the the coaching staff, and um, these people make it seem like they don't care. But in the end, that's what their goal is: is just to to lift the country up um, and try to win something. So I think it's really disappointing. And um, coming back, it's tough for Mo Salah after the African Cup of Nations losing to Senegal in shootout, and now um, not qualifying for the World Cup against the same team is um it's awful for him especially this year him being a top performer in the premier league probably going to win the golden boot and um it just shows the difference uh, the success you can have at a club level and it does uh, doesn't always carry over to your country we've seen this with messi with argentina and ronaldo early early in his career with portugal but now we've seen in recent competitions portugal's won the euros and they've done a decent job in the world cup in the past so um it just shows you the difference from club and country,
0: yeah. And you know, I, I just wanted to come out and say that uh, I think it like that's egregious. the uh, the laser pointers, and I know that it does happen. Um, but it doesn't happen so much in Europe. There's other sorts of distractions that do occur. But the laser pointers having that many pointed all over the field, especially at the penalty box um, and at the the guys that are taking the pens. Your entire qualification depends on. I just think is so egregious. It's so bad. The and FIFA FIFA is responsible for some of this too because there needs to be some sort of like this has been going on for a long time. Like this sort of um, stuff, especially in other nations. I don't want to say underdeveloped nations because those stadiums are actually gigantic and they're in. Um, you know, city hubs of, of these giant countries, uh, and Nigeria is, like, especially, like, well-developed. Um, FIFA has to... Uh, I don't know what the exact way to fix that was, but that penalty shootout should not have gone. Like, there's no reason, I don't think, that that penalty shootout should have, have gone gotten underway because there was no... It's not fair, and I understand fairness is subjective in sport, but that is extremely unfair
1: and you think maybe they should have done it behind closed doors either
0: behind closed doors or I think because the thing is like I was like, why wouldn't they empty the stadium they they do have the right to empty the stadium, but you you can't make that decision that rapidly, right It's just it's not gonna right. work, but then doing it behind closed doors is. The guys haven't played. The the guys haven't played full time. They haven't played ninety plus the extra fifteen or whatever it is, and their bodies are going to be in a different way. So that invalidates that result. And I was talking in a group chat, and we kind of just we we couldn't just decide what the best um, plan of action just,
1: would be. Could just let them retake it until they don't do the laser pointers.
0: I think that's a good. Yeah, I mean, I haven't thought about. It. We didn't think about that. That's 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 a good one. Um,
1: if he scores with them pointing at it, it counts. If he misses and they're pointing at him, he keeps going. It just shows like, yeah, it's not helping your cause.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think it's unfair. And like, I, you know, I have no allegiance to Egypt. I have no allegiance to Senegal. I, I don't. I don't really care who gets qualified. Um, I don't want to
1: see it happen in the actual World no, Cup because no. we don't know what we don't know what the setup's going to be with Qatar.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're going to get Qatar is centrally located for essentially. I mean, it's it's not that it's not far from Africa. It's not that far from Asia. We have some Asian countries there. We know Russia's not going to be there. The European countries. It's not that far from Europe. Like I, don't, I have no idea what to expect. And and the World Cup is notoriously um, hooliganistic. Let's say um, for players from or from or fans of all different countries. So the setup there um, and the lack of infrastructure in Qatar which we've talked about on this show at length, at points. I don't know, man. We could be in for a really crazy World Cup.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. But um, I guess going back to this Liverpool match, I think um, Trent's going to be out of this game. Well, most likely he's coming back from a, a hamstring issue, so he's been rested. He didn't play with England. So I think Wadford can expose that side a little bit. Um, whether they put um, Joe Gomez out there or um, they slide Shamikas or somebody out there. I'm not sure. He'll probably be Joe Gomez. But um, I think Cuco Hernandez has had a, a nice little run of form in the team. He's kind of picked up the slack that Dennis and King have dropped off. Um, we saw Ismail Massar have some play in that Senegal game too, but didn't have his best moments. So um, that's a Right spot for Watford, Roy Hodgson, but I don't think it's going to go in their favor. So you got to go. I think I'm going to go with Liverpool because in the end, you have to remember they are chasing for the title now and they're right there nipping at man city seals.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm with Liverpool too. Brighton versus Norwich is up next. This is a bottom half of the table brawl. Uh Brighton sitting in 13th on 33 points. Norwich in DFL dead fucking last 20th place. 29 matches played and just 17 points. They have five losses in their last five games, taking zero uh, points total. I'm going to... Brighton also, by the way, are the only other team in the league with five losses in their last five matches. I'm going to take Brighton here. I just think they have more quality. I think they're coached a little bit better. Um, I like Potter. You know, I think he gets maybe a little bit too much love, but Brighton uh, are much more... Uh, let's say, cohesive team. Um, I think they actually play an organized style of football, and I just like them much more than Norwich. Uh, I can't in good conscience take Norwich City to do anything, so I'm going to go with Brighton in this one and, and hope that they can steal one, you know, maybe one or two-nil.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's going to be a tightly contested game. Brighton and their last two have failed to score, but I mean, like you mentioned, they've lost their last six, only scoring in one of those, and Norwich are a team where they, they can play a little bit with these teams around their area of the table, um, and especially in Brighton's form. But um, in the end, I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I think this is where Brighton picks up a much-needed win because they haven't won a game in uh, probably since January or late f- or mid- early February. So yeah. um, it pains me to say that, but I think I'm going to go with the Seagulls.
0: Okay, sounds good. Burnley versus Man City up next. Um, that game also on, okay. So before I even get into this, we have six games scheduled at 10 AM on April 2nd. So, um, going to be a lot of action for us to, to kind of get into on come April 2nd, um, Saturday morning, there's going to be a ton of games, but Burnley are going up against Man City here. Man City, obviously the extremely heavy favorite, uh, three wins, a draw and a loss in their last five games. I think um, City should do, you know, a pretty decent job uh, going up against Burnley here. They have a couple of players who are coming off extremely solid um, form in their qualifiers. Raheem Sterling, I believe, got a hat trick yesterday. He's looked sensational. I am sure that City will will get right back into the the way things were before the break. I think I like them to win this game uh, pretty handedly over Burnley.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with Man City as well. Burnley have a major defensive problem with Ben Mee still recovering um, from a hammy issue um, and his replacement. Um, Nathan Collins did an okay job, but he picked up a red card in their last game against Brentford in the 91st minute, so he also won't be available. So they're going to have to go with a, a center back partner for Tarkovsky that hasn't been playing a lot very much and it probably won't be at match fitness. So I think it's a, a Man City by three at least here.
0: Okay. Awesome.
1: Uh, We have Chelsea going
0: up against Brentford up next. Chelsea in absolutely sensational form since Robin Abramovich announced that he would have to sell the club. They have five wins in their last five games. It's really not affecting them very much. Um, And we should say they've been given enough money to uh, charter flights and kind of Uh, I think 30 million pounds were released to them. So they have a little bit in a slush fund that they're going to be able to draw from. Uh, They're not going to be in trouble financially in terms of getting to games, moving to games, and just overall operating the club day to day. Um, And the sale of the club will be, I think, uh, underway within the next couple of days is what I heard. Um, So that's not an issue. I don't think we have to worry about Chelsea at all in this game. Brentford, they did take two on the bounce Um, but then just lost their last fixture. So I'm going to take Chelsea in this one, although I think Brentford have been playing better. I just think Chelsea are at peak form right now. And the nice thing is you're not going to have to worry about resting your Jorginho over the next, uh, you know, six months because he's not playing at the World Cup.
1: Yeah, that's a big boost. Um, I think Brentford's pretty much at full strength. Erickson had COVID before the international break, so he should be back. So we should be facing a pretty... Full-strength Brentford side. Um, Reese James may come back, but I feel like we could rest him here for the Champions League game come midweek against Madrid. That first leg's going to be huge. Um, So yeah, I think I'm going to go with the boys in blue. It's a West London derby. The first game was really close, 1-0 to Chelsea. Brentford probably should have gotten something out of it, but I think the way the teams are playing right now, it should be a little bit more of a comfortable result for Chelsea
0: yeah for sure um okay where are we at oh uh this game this could be this could be a tough one uh leeds united versus southampton leeds currently sitting in 16th place seven points from uh the drop zone uh, they have two wins in their last five matches. They're in much better form since Jesse Marsh has shown up. He's got two in a row here. They're going up against a Southampton side who have lost their last three games in a row. Tottenham in eleventh or Southampton rather in eleventh place on thirty-five points. I think Leeds are poised for another victory here. Um I'm really excited to see what Jesse Marsh has planned long-term, but I think he's already turned the attitude around here uh, amongst the players. They are playing a much more controlled style of football. They are marking uh, as a team instead of playing that man-to-man style that Marcelo Bielsa pushed on them. They look less exhausted. Um, They just look more prepared to play in the Premier League and contest with teams that... Um, really play a controlled style. And I think Southampton are one of those teams. Uh, Ralph, um, has, has them playing, you know, he's had them playing well enough at points this season. Uh, they had one, two in a row before they went on this losing streak. Uh, with all that being said, I think Leeds are, are in a better position here. I think they're on their way up. They are in 16th, like I said, with a win uh, and a draw or loss from Newcastle and or Brentford, they would hop to 14th place. And I think that we're going to see that here. So I'm going to take Leeds.
1: Yeah, the way forms are going right now, Southampton are have lost three straight and to me, that seems like a game they'll get something out of it, just the way their form's been this year. Um, I don't see them going a long stretch without getting a point. Um, Leeds two games in a row with big wins. Um, Patrick Bamford re-injured himself again, so he's pretty much done until the end of the season, um, which sucks for him. He's probably had the worst season probably in his career, just the amount of injuries he's picked up, and especially after last year scoring 16, 17 goals. Um, a lot of people had a lot of hope for him that he'd repeat that this year. But on the positive side, Calvin Phillips is going to finally be back. Um, we probably will see him play in this game, probably start even, because I think he just started getting reintegrated into the training before the Wolves game, their most recent one. So um, give and take there. But um, yeah, I definitely think Leeds can control the ball here against Southampton. It just depends on their young attackers, whether they can capitalize on their chances. So. Um, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to go with a draw here. Um, I think both teams can be happy with that. I think Leeds have established a big enough gap between them and and the, the drop right now. And especially if Liverpool can get the job done against Watford, um, they'll be in a pretty cozy spot.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Wolves versus Aston Villa up next. Another game with, um, you know, sort of serious uh, outcomes on the line. Wolves sitting in eighth, Place right now the last Europa League spot. Um, they are on forty-six points. Villa ninth place on thirty-six points. So eighth and ninth, there's a uh, a really big gap in between. Wolves have been, I don't want to say suspect, but unpredictable in their last five matches, taking two losses, two wins, and then another loss just recently. Villa. Three wins and two losses as well in their last five. So both teams sort of unpredictable right now. The last game we covered, I think, was that Aston Villa played was the one against Arsenal where they lost 1-0. And Wolves, I don't remember who they had lost to. Do you remember who that was?
1: Uh, It was the 3-2 Leeds win.
0: Okay, so that was the one that they really folded on. Um yeah. I'm going to take Oh
1: yeah,
0: yeah. I'm going to take a draw on this game. I don't think either of these teams are at their best right now. I'm not sure no. what to expect. Um you know, the Portuguese guys, there is quite a few on Wolves did just secure themselves a place at the World Cup behind a fantastic performance from uh Manchester United duo Bruno Fernandes and Cristiano Ronaldo. So, they I'm sure will be in high spirits, but I'll be curious to see how Wolves line up, how they play. Villa, same way. I'm really not sure what to expect from them. I don't ever know what to expect from them, really. Um, I just don't think Stevie G has all of the pieces that he wants to have at Aston Villa right now. And I think a ninth to eighth place finish for them this season actually would be would be respectable, for sure. Um, especially when you consider how well some of the other teams that are below them have played. Crystal Palace and Newcastle being... Uh, two of those teams, I think. So uh, I'm going to take a draw here. I don't think we're going to see much movement in the table, although this is a kind of important game for Wolves.
1: Yeah, Wolves are hit heavy with injuries too. Ruben Neves picked up uh, an MCL injury over the break. He's going to be out until mid-May. So that's a key midfielder for them, as well as Jimenez, I mentioned, picked up a red card against Leeds, so he'll also be absent. Uh, so two of their main main. Figureheads are going to be out. They're going to have a rotated team in there. We'll probably see uh, a front three of Huang He Chan, Potence, and maybe Trincao. Um, I thought he had a good game against Leeds last. Um, We might see Pedro Neto in there too. So it'll be a little bit of a rotated squad there. Villa's pretty much full strength. I think this is a game they definitely can get something done um, in that midfield battle. I think if Coutinho gets on the ball enough it can drop could be the driving force for them driving at a weakened, stated wolves team and especially like you mentioned their form their bottom five in their last six games two wins four losses and they've been leaking quite a bit of goals for um, what we think they are defensively one of the stronger teams in the league so um, I think Coutinho can bounce back after having a bad game against Arsenal can pick up another goal or an assist here and I think Villa might get a little bit of an upset
0: yeah okay cool Um, we have the last April 2nd game, uh, at 1230, Manchester United going up against Leicester City. United are the heavy favorite in this game, which is kind of surprising to me. They are currently in sixth place on 50 points. Uh, Leicester City sitting in 10th on 36 points. So United, definitely the better team in terms of form and um, really just how many points they've amassed. I will say that Leicester, uh, their last five, they lost one, two loss, and then just won another before the break. United, two wins, one draw, a loss, and then a win in their most recent games as well. So I think we're actually poised for a, a solid game here. Um, I know most people would take United in this game. However, I'm actually going to take a draw. I can see this one going late. I can see it being a really fun match to watch. I think Leicester's playing much, much better than they have, uh, or that they were, than they were playing earlier on in the season. Got some guys back from injury now at this point. So I'm going to take Leicester. Uh, I think we're going to see a Harry Maguire slip up. He's been in the news a lot, a lot of defending, um, from his his international teammates because he does play, uh, well enough for the England side. But I'm gonna take United or take Leicester City. No, I said draw first, didn't I?
1: Yeah, you'd see pick a draw.
0: That's what I meant to say just now again, but my <laughs> my brain's all over the place. I'm gonna take a draw on this one. I can see it being a one-one or a two uh two-two game. I think it'll be an entertaining watch, but I just don't see United taking all three points.
1: Yeah, Leeds are going to be without Vardy. He'll be out for the week. And Didi's going to be out until the end of the month. He picked up a knee injury as well as uh, Ryan Bertrand underwent knee surgery. So um, Bertrand hasn't played that much. But Johnny Evans should be back here playing against his former club. You mentioned Harry Maguire. He's going to be playing against his former club. Um, Should be interesting. I don't like United at home. But with no and Didi in the middle of the park. And we saw Bruno. have a brace against North Macedonia in their last qualifier yesterday. Um, he'll be coming in high form here, especially after not playing in the Man City game. Um, I think he'll be coming in hot. So I think I'm going to go with United win here, um, even though I, I just don't I just don't like um, them playing at Old Trafford. They always let people down there. So uh, I'm going to go against that feeling, and I'm just going to go with the chalk here and take United at home.
0: Okay, awesome. Uh, we have another good matchup next, West Ham versus Everton. Uh, I think this will be an entertaining watch because I like West Ham to absolutely batter Everton. They are in awful shape. They did just get a win, um, that we talked about a couple weeks ago here now, or last week rather, uh, right before the break. But before that, four losses for them. West Ham in shoddy form as well. A draw, a win, a loss, a win, and then another loss. Um, I like West Ham, though. I think they're going to be uh, in good shape here. I just like them. uh, their matchup against Everton, who defends so poorly. We do have quite a few threats on this West Ham side going forward. I do think that Mikel Antonio will get himself back into scoring form here uh, because he hasn't scored in quite some time. But I like West Ham. They're at 54% win probability at this point, and I think really we're only going to see that elevate as we get closer to the match. So I'm going to take West Ham to win this one and a route.
1: Yeah. I mean, West Ham have been in kind of shoddy form as of lately. Um, their last couple of games have been missing Jared Bowen a lot. So I think he's also going to be absent in this game. Um, he may make a late return who knows, but it's probably not. He probably won't. um, but, yeah, I mean, this is a bigger game for Everton, if I had to pick one. Um, obviously, we know West Ham's in that fight for top four. It's kind of fading away now um, with the shoddy form and all the teams around them capitalizing on it. Um, but Everton need a, more of a cushion on Watford. They have those games in hand. Um, and especially here, I think this could be one they can capitalize on. Yeah. Um, but uh I think I'm gonna go with a draw here. I think they get away with a draw. It's gonna be tough for Everton. No Allen, he picked up that red against um Newcastle, so he'll be out the next three games. Um they they appealed and it it wasn't um it wasn't reverted, so he'll have to sit out three games, um, which is gonna be tough for them. But um they do have Von de Beek and Deli Alley in there who could step in. Um so yeah, I think I think a draw here. But um, at the end of the day, uh, it is West Ham.
0: Okay, awesome. We are agreeing there then. The second to last game, or I guess we maybe we'll go over the Burnley Everton game, or we'll wait. What do you think? I guess we'll wait.
1: Well, that'll probably be the next day we record, so yeah. we can say we can do it right after that match, so okay. we can include it.
0: That sounds good. Okay, um, so we're moving on to Tottenham versus Newcastle. I mentioned earlier that Newcastle loss or draw would be extremely fortunate for Leeds. I actually think that's exactly what we're going to get. I think Tottenham are going to really knock Newcastle uh, to the curb in this game. I like the way that they've been lining up. I think Kulisevsky has been insane. He's been so, so good. They're in great form. Four uh, wins out of their last five, that other match being a loss. Uh, where Newcastle are also in sensational form. They have lost their last two, but before that, they had won like seven or eight matches in a row. So um, recently, I guess not in sensational form, but before recently, um, doing really well. Uh, Tottenham, I just think, are, are poised for a better performance here. I think this game is home for them as well. They play decent enough at home. I Did they lose this match earlier on in the season?
1: Tottenham won 3-2. To okay, um,
0: okay. It was late, though, wasn't it, They they won?
1: It was uh, Newcastle went up in the second minute, and then Tottenham replied with three goals before the half. Oh, okay. Um, Jonjo picked up a double yellow in the 83rd, and then Eric Dyer scored an own goal in the 89th, so it ended 3-2.
0: Okay, all right. So I'm remembering probably a game from last season, but... Uh, or another season that happens to me a lot, but uh, yeah, I just think Tottenham are in better shape here. They're gonna take all six, I think, the uh, the matchup with Newcastle matchups with Newcastle this season. So yeah, let's go with Tottenham.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the the battle in the midfield there with the two for Tottenham against the three with Newcastle. So I think with the advantage going towards Newcastle there, especially with um, the way Bruno Gomes has been playing in there. Um, Joe Lington, since his position change, has been a revelation and um, a mixture between Joe Willock and John Joe Shelby in there. I think that could be a benefit for Newcastle. But um, I think Harry Kane and Son, obviously, are the X-factor pair. Um, we've seen the difference that Kulusevski's made. You pointed out he's he's more of a provider and he's always looking to set players up, which is always nice to see if you're on the receiving end. So. Um, I think I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to give the benefit towards Tottenham, um, but that's usually when they they bite you in the back. So,, um, I think I'm still going to go with Tottenham here. I think I think them, I think them and Arsenal are going to keep pace with each other up until that eventual matchup between the two, and that's pretty much going to decide who's going to finish in fourth in my book.
0: All right, cool. Uh, we have the last game that we're going to uh, preview here. We have Arsenal going up against Crystal Palace. So my sort of two favorite teams to watch this year, Arsenal obviously being the heavy favorite. I think this is a game where I can see Arsenal actually getting a draw. Uh, not a ton of draws recently. They have five uh, in their last five. They have four wins and a loss. Crystal Palace in decent form. Um, taking one loss and then <clears throat> a win, a draw, a win, and another draw. So I think that the Palace are, are going to be here to take the points in this one. I think they're going to try their best. But ultimately, um, they are not going to be with Wilfred Zaha. And Michael Alisse uh, is also doubtful for this match. So I think as long as Arsenal are going into this one uh, in decent shape, I think that they're going to be the team to come out on top, take all three points. I will say um as a disclaimer for those of you that bet, uh Saka was sick. He was unable to play as as a lot of the English players were. They had a stomach bug or something like that. Um or were they the COVID one?
1: It says Saka had COVID.
0: Okay, Saka had COVID. It was the US team that had the stomach bug. I'm I'm mixing things up again. Mm-hmm. My mind's all over, but um yeah, so he did have COVID. I think he'll be fine for this game. He, sh- he should be. Uh, the quarantine period for COVID now is is so um, so, many, so few days that it shouldn't be a problem. But uh, yeah, I'm going to take Arsenal on this one.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to go with Arsenal as well. But I'll give credit to Palace, their last six. They've only given up three goals. Um, a lot of those being nil-nil draws. Um, Again, they got a big point against City, and they're getting big wins uh over Watford there and Wolves as well a lot of people didn't see that one coming but um yeah I think this is one of those games that Arsenal they play a team that's a little bit below them in the table and they handle business so it'll be down to those guys in the attack and third to put things away um when it matters so um we might see a, another another Rowe goal I, I think here so I'm gonna go with Arsenal here probably by like two
0: yeah I'd absolutely love to see a Smith Rowe goal um and the you know these are the sort of fixtures that teams that are trying to get things together like Palace um will either wilt or stand strong in you know they have played they played City really well this year um but I think that that ultimately Arsenal are going to have their number so let's uh let's move quickly uh to international stuff the US we know are closing out their qualification period tonight. They play at seven o'clock versus Costa Rica. um so as long as they don't get absolutely battered, they have pretty much well, no, as long as they don't get battered, they have qualified, but already, like Matt said at the top of the show, they've pretty much you know guaranteed their qualification. So I want to run through the teams that have qualified so far um and then talk about the spots that we aren't sure about yet. Um, So, Qatar, Germany, Denmark, Brazil, France, Belgium, Croatia, Spain, Serbia, England, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Argentina, Iran, South Korea, Japan, Saudi Arabia, Ecuador, Uruguay, Canada, Ghana, Senegal, Portugal, Poland, Tunisia, Morocco, and Cameroon have all qualified so far. Wales. Wales play scotland or ukraine to get in australia plays the uae so united arab emirates uh or peru to get in and then we have a to be determined team who plays new zealand or the solomon islands to get in um i'm gonna ask you right now who do you think wins this world cup
1: um I mean, off the jump, out of all off these the teams, jump. my my main my my mind goes right to France. Right, you think with uh, the quality they have and the porf- the performance they had in the last one, they are the reigning champions. Um, they'll come in with a lot of the same players. Um, obviously a little bit older, but they have that experience. And then you could throw in a few younger players too. I mean, the talent pool there in France is insane. You're gonna have an England team coming in with. Um, a lot of grit and um, hunger to get back to that stage. They they lost in the semifinals in the World Cup. They lost in the finals of the most recent Euros. So we know this team can go deep into a an international tournament. Um, so they're a big, heavy favorite. Um, I'm not too big on the South American teams this year. I don't know what it is. There's just something a little off. They've lost that that flair about them i don't know what it is it seems like most recently a lot of these european teams are dominating the tournaments we've seen croatia make big runs um we've seen wales in the past obviously just in the euros but we know these teams are capable of of upsets but um yeah i would say france and england will be my top two right off the jump um uh what about you
0: uh for me i mean my money is on Germany uh in, in this World Cup. I absolutely love them. Uh they you know they 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 qualified, you know, pretty easily. Um but for me when I look at this team there are so many guys that I think you can rely on to do so much. When you look out on the wings, you have Nabry, you have Leroy Sané, you have guys in the middle of the park that are going to give you extremely consistent performance. Gundogan, Draxler, Goretzka. Um, And then at the back, you have another really solid amount of guys that can defend. You have a lot of veterans. You have guys like Hummels. Uh, You have Neuer, who I think just turned 30-something the other day. Um, It's crazy to believe that he's that old because I remember when he was really young. Um, One of the best goalkeepers in the world still. And then up top, um, it reminds me of the days. I think it was... It would have been twenty fourteen, uh Miroslav Klosa's last World Cup, uh, where he was able to get himself the the leading goal scorer number. That's where Mueller is right now, age wise. He's getting up there. That's the kind of guy he is. He's big, he's tall, he can play further back if you need him to, but um he's the he's the figurehead, I think. You know what you can get out of him. He's extremely consistent for Bayern still Um, and I just think that surrounding him with other guys like Havertz is unbelievable. I think Timo Werner, we're going to see more of him as we go forward. Um, and then I mentioned Sane and Navri, those guys are both pretty young. I just think this team is really, really good. And to have players defensively that have started to really prove themselves, uh, we know Kimmich is really good. You know, he's amazing, but Rudiger, who's now been like just sensational on the last, I don't know, eight, nine months. Um, I think that we're just gonna see a really solid Germany team here. They haven't been great in recent years either, but uh i'm I'm super excited to see them. I think, like you said, France i mean I don't know how you bet against them um they're they're just so so good but yeah i think I think if you're a betting man and and you're looking at um looking at odds for for teams that are really well put together, but maybe. Uh, still have a decent chance in terms of of betting numbers. Germany is a is a really
1: good look. Um, I guess the next thing would be um, yeah, I'm looking at the odds here. Brazil's the best favorite right now. It goes Brazil, France, wow. England, Brazil, France, England, Spain, and then Germany's fifth there with Argentina sixth. Okay. Um, Belgium surprisingly seventh. Um, but Belgium's a team that kind of isn't. Um, they're one of those paper teams where, on paper, you think they're going to make a deep run, but once they get into that round of sixteen, quarterfinals, that's where they kind of yep. let things slip away. Um, back home here in the CONCACAF, which team do you think? Let's say Costa Rica makes it through the playoff game against yeah. New Zealand or um, the Emirates, yep. um, UAE. Um, which, which team out of those four do you think could be could make the deepest run? Not um, not saying, like, win it or anything, but, like, out of all those teams, like, do you think who would perform the best?
0: I mean, out of the CONCACAF group?
1: Yeah, I guess it's a tough question to ask now because um, it'd be more appropriate for Friday knowing their path and who's yeah, in their sure. group and stuff, but I guess just right off the rip, the way these teams are playing right now, it's Canada's first time in the World Cup in, like, 36 years. They They've... They lost their most. Re- they've only gotten one loss in qualifiers. Uh, they're playing absolutely great right now. But um, we we know the U.S. The U.S. is finally back after not making the last World Cup. They have a lot of young talent. We know that there's familiarity there. Obviously, um, this yeah. Mexico team, in my opinion, isn't the most structured. That seems like this is the most flawed Mexico team I've seen in, in our a lifetime. Long time. In our lifetime. Yeah, there's just something off about them. And then Costa Rica is like a little sleeper team. We know they have key figures there in uh, Kaylor Navas. Um, And uh, I can't really name any other ones, but uh, Joel Campbell, former Arsenal guy, plays there. A couple other players, too. So they might be a little sleeper pick, but um, where does your mind go right away?
0: I think my mind does go to Canada. Um, Like you said, first World Cup in about, you know, 10 World Cups. Um, it's, it's been a really long time since we've seen them in the tournament. We haven't seen them in the tournament in our lifetime, but they have a ton of star star players. You know, they're, they're really good. Um, every single time they line up, you, you have guys that, you know, uh, you can rely on Jonathan David. They play, uh, Buchanan out on the wing. I think he's been really good. Uh, Hutchinson at the back with, with Miller. And then, um, what's that guy's name? Their keeper. Um, oh, Milan Borean. He's the, he's the gigantic, um, guy that plays in, in yoga pants for Canada. So they, they just get, they get a ton of results out of a team that, you know, you're not looking at the team right now and saying, um, this is one of the best talent talented teams heading into this but Jonathan David is incredible Alfonso Davies is incredible and they're getting performances out of the rest of the guys in the middle of the park so I I don't know I don't really know what else you can ask for and I think that Canada maybe not as star powered as the US um, and certainly a little bit older but they play better as a unit and I think that their coach um, I think his name is John Herdman he's he's an english guy um he has them playing really really well as a unit and there's something to be said for a team of destiny who hasn't hasn't made it or has underperformed in the past and is there for their very first time you know they're at the big dance that's what this is look what we just saw with st peters dude i mean this shit happens in sports and i just think that that canada um you know they they could catch lightning in a bottle i think that they certainly could come out of a group, especially with Davies back because he's so electric. He's so good. Um, and if you get a good performance out of David in any game, you know, it, it could be the difference.
1: Yeah. I, I I'd have to say I'd agree with you there when it comes to um the coaching staff knowing the yeah. players and, and the players knowing their role in the team and just doing committing to their role. Um, I mean Watching the U.S. recently, we've seen them with their free-flowing play. I think the main downfall for them is ultimately going to be the number nine, the striker role. We don't have a clinical striker who is scoring consistently for us in all these games. Um, We did see Jesus Ferreira score for us in the Panama game, but that was the first time a a striker scored for the U.S. in a qualifier since October where uh, Ricardo Pepe scored a brace against Jamaica. So. I think the reliance on Pulisic is going to be huge. Um, we've seen him accepting that that duty, and he's up for it. But. Um, in these games, in the World Cups, you need players other than your big men to come up sometimes, and more times than not, the that's going to be the crutch. So yeah. that's where we've seen in the past where France and um, Mbappé comes up huge, but we've seen performances from Giroud. We've seen performances from um, defenders getting big goals, Varane in the semifinal. Like, those are the moments where you need um, your role players to step up too. So um, I think that's where the U.S.'s downfall is going to be. Hopefully they get out of the group, I would say – personal goal if we can get to the quarterfinals um, that'll be acceptable for me Um, those are pretty high stakes though especially the teams in this competition Um, we've seen sleeper teams like croatia and denmark um, make big runs Um, but yeah uh, i i think one of the areas i guess what do you think a team that doesn't get much credit, I guess, out of all these teams? My mind goes to the African nations. They never yes. perform well in the in the World Cup. I think that's a competition. Not uh, Maybe the African Cup of Nations, that's a competition that doesn't get a lot of spotlight and coverage. Um, we've seen media people asking those questions to those players of choosing playing in the like champions league final and or playing in like the african cup of nations like um those are questions you wouldn't ask europeans um about playing in the euros and stuff so do you think the african company Na- or an african team could make a deep run
0: yeah i believe it or not i actually think it's Ghana. um i have awful awful Memories of the Black Stars knocking the the United States out. Yeah. Um. I mean, that stuff is is burned into my brain. I'll never forget it. It was so heartbreaking. And I mean, we were kids back then. It was really tough. Um. And they had a good side back then. I think they have a better side now. They have a lot of names that pretty much all of you, if you watch the Premier League, um, or really just just football in general, world football, you'll you'll know these names, um. Some of them, you know, Arsenal midfielder Thomas Partey, he actually scored the game that sent them through to the World Cup yesterday. Um, Asamwa, uh, Gian, Andre Ayu, both of the Ayu bl- brothers play for Ghana, uh, Jordan and Andre. Uh, Mohamed Kudus, who I think plays, uh, for Ajax, um, he's not sure. been getting a, a great run of, uh, of play there right now. Um, but he's pretty solid. Jojo Walakot, another guy, he's the keeper there. He plays in England, but he plays for Swindon Town, um, so he's in the EFL League too, but he had a great match yesterday. I watched that entire game because I kind of wanted to get a grip on, on how um, Ghana were playing. Um, looked back at some of their qualifying records, and they look really good. Um, I thought they looked great yesterday going up against an African powerhouse like Nigeria. They had a, a great performance. Dennis Odoy, uh, full player. He he's a defender there. Um, he was a Fulham player. I think now he's playing um in Belgium for Bruges, maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of names. Daniel Lamarte, you know, he plays for Leicester. You guys know who that is. Christian Atsu. These are all names that that people know. Um and they play great. You know, they played awesome. Um Gyan is actually their their nation's top scorer right now at fifty one goals. So Um, They do have an interim coach, Otto Addo. uh, But I think in terms of teams that I'm expecting to perform, Ghana are up there. Senegal, of course, you know, they did win the African Cup of Nations. But when you look at that team, I don't know if the star power is there um, to really compete in the World Cup. And as we know, it's all about the groups, man. If you get stuck in a shitty group or, or a group of death like You could either come out with flying colors and not have to worry about your matchup until, you know, the next week, or you could just get absolutely slaughtered in your first match and never have a chance to get out. So it's, it really comes down to that. But I think if you put a gun to my head, I'd take Ghana to be the uh, most impressive African team in this tournament.
1: That's surprising considering how Senegal has been playing. They won the African cup of nations and, they eliminate Egypt, who they played in the final. Like, Senegal's been a really tough team to play. But yeah. I understand when you, when you mention Ghana. But in my mind, I think the African teams play a more physical side of the game. They, yes. they lean on their athletics, uh, their speed and agility. And it's not much about moving the ball around as fancy as maybe Germany or Brazil and them would do. So I feel like they lean more on their uh, physicality in the game. Yeah. And it's, Um,
0: it's a lot of one-on-ones. Like when you watch, when you watch one of these matches, like when I watched Nigeria versus Ghana yesterday, um, there's so many take ons and it's like wingbacks and wingers and left back and right back taking on guys in the midfield. They don't care. And they fight for the ball so hard. If they lose it, they get dispossessed. They take it right back so you know that's that's something to consider it you're right it's so much different than the way europeans play football
1: yeah i think that's where the the beauty of the world cup comes in you see yep. the different ideology and uh mindset of these coaches and how they set up um unfortunate for you at we you mentioned poland getting in yes the way they got in they had to take down sweden i know um after sweden had a, ma- a magical run in the euros um as well as the last world cup it's how do you feel about them not making this one?
0: It's upsetting, man, because that team, they were just I think they're really at the point where they have a they have a lot of talent and they have young guys and it's an, it's really upsetting to me because I love the way that they play. And in the Euro, they were fantastic. And like you said, in the last World Cup, they were awesome. They beat Germany in a like a crazy late barn burner. It was so entertaining to watch. I think that they're coached extremely well. I think they play great as a unit. And it's upsetting to not see them qualify for the World Cup. But what are you going to do?
1: Yeah. My team, really- my
0: actual team is in it this time, so I don't have to worry about it.
1: True. True. That would have sucked if both weren't in. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess we could go, mo- uh, go more into detail on these things. Um, once the draw is made on Friday, tomorrow is the new world rankings. They're going to break them down 1 to 32. And then um, that to put that bases off what pot they go in. Um, yep. The top seven teams will go in the first pot as well as Qatar since they are hosting it. So uh, everybody's banking on Qatar being in their group. Um, hopefully not like a France and England and Belgium and them. that would be awful. Um, Yeah, and then I I, I think the U.S., they were ranked, um, let me check here, where's the U.S. um, ranking? I'm trying to think where they are now and where they could be. Um, What was it? They're 13th as of last month's ranking, so it'll probably hold, so they'll be in the second pot, which is like 8 to 15. Yeah. So, so that'll be good. It'll be like we will, that'll probably be us, um, Portugal maybe if they're not in the first pot. So we're gonna miss a lot of heavy hitters. So yeah, we'll we're most likely gonna have like a, a powerhouse team, and then um, probably one of the African teams if I had to guess. I pray to God it's not Ghana, yeah, because that'll be the fourth time we played each other. Yeah, um, that they, will make they've, me they've, sick. They've, they've won the first two, and we won the most recent one. Um, so I don't know, maybe it'll be a little bit poetry there. Um, we'll get a little, we'll even it out, it'll be two, two, but who knows? Um, we'll probably t- it'll come out Friday, the draw's Friday, and then the next episode we'll do Tuesday or, thir- or Wednesday. We can go more into detail on in the groups and decide who has the best path potentially. Definitely the odds are going to change for outright winner. Um, yeah. I mean, your, your initial reaction, you were surprised Brazil are the favorites.
0: Yeah, I am. I mean... I don't know. I I guess they they do have like their 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 roster is insane, but um I don't know, man. I, it's tough because we just saw the Euro. Like we just watched how all of these teams play last summer and yeah. we know exactly really how they play. When you play it's kind of like it's kind of like a really high caliber playing play, uh, player playing in Germany and then coming to England because you know what they're like in Germany. Like, we know what Hollande is like in Germany. We know what he's like playing in in the Champions League too. We know how he plays up against these other teams. But when you're going to a tournament where the entire time you're going to have to play teams from other countries for however long the World Cup runs, it's different. And when you're Brazil, you're playing all these, the, the CONMEBOL qualifiers you're playing against pretty shitty teams most of the time argentina is good uruguay is good peru yeah. and chile can give you a can give you trouble but ultimately peru is is a play-in team and chile didn't qualify so no. you have to look at you have to look at the sort of teams that that are in here you know colombia yeah. not in not in great shape but they do have a couple of really good guys I don't um
1: even, i don't even think colombia made it
0: yeah, they did. I think. You know, did they not qualify?
1: No, they finished right below Peru. They were oh. one point behind them for the the play-in. So Colombia and Chile missed out. Yeah. Um. But Brazil and Argentina, you mentioned the competition. Both of them went undefeated in the qualifiers. Yes. Um, Brazil went fourteen wins, three draws, and Argentina eleven wins and six draws. So.
0: Yeah, and th- those two teams are extremely well coached. I mean, you don't don't get me wrong, but I think. I would take if you gave me ten thousand dollars and said put this on a team. Brazil's not in the top three teams for me.
1: No, who are your top three? You said Germany, and then who's two and three?
0: France certainly, and probably England.
1: Uh, so yeah. you're going heavy Europe.
0: Heavy Europe. I just think that it's right now, and at points it, it it hasn't been this way, but it's the best. It's the best place for football. It really is. It's just everyone plays there. Everybody, um, you know, everyone is in England now. And I just, I don't know. A lot of the guys on Brazil's team don't play in England. Most.
1: Yeah. I'm just looking here at the players for Brazil and thinking potential lineups. I mean, the attack is just like you're salivating at the mouth there with the potential they have. Yeah, it's crazy. And they got Neymar, Vinny Jr. Is having a good season with Madrid. Um, you have Martinelli. Yep. Um, Gabriel Jesus, Rafinha from Leeds, like those, um, and they do have those defensive players. I feel like in the past Brazil's had defensive issues, but you'll have Thiago Silva there, Ederson, Allison in goal. You have two world class goalkeepers, um, Marquinhos, PSG, Casemiro, and Fabinho in the middle holding it down. Like Edemilio, there's there's quality names all over the place. It just depends on how well they gel. And I guess that comes back to when we were talking about Canada. It's just knowing your 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 23-man roster or 26 whatever it is and having a role for each player and then fitting into this your system and how they play to it so it that's the most interesting part of it so yeah i guess that comes into like uh croatia do you see them making another big run they're they're the 11th um best chances to win but there's a huge gap from 10th to 11th they're the, where i'm looking on FanDuel, they're plus 7500 right now which is like what is that 75 to one
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: um
0: well they do have a lot of solid players um kramaric andre kramaric he's he's great he's a really really solid striker um you have other guys parasich comes to mind you know really really high quality player
1: uh, a very old squad if it's you
0: think old about it. it's old it's extremely old but luka modric still plays like he's 29. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how he does it. He's still so good. Um, I don't see them making that sort of run again. No, I, I just can't see it happening. Um, Matt, of course, referencing their their run to the finals against France, who they inevitably lost to. Um, I don't think they have it this time. I really don't. I just think there's other better teams right now. Um, and, you know, I, I just can't see it.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there, but um, I guess you never know. They've done it before. We'll see. They have, yeah. Um, Portugal here, eighth highest. They're fourteen to one with the. They had to get through the play, and they didn't qualify automatically. Um, this is probably going to be, I would imagine, Ronaldo's last World Cup. This will be his fifth fifth one. Yep. Um, is this the one that he could win?
0: Uh,
1: Um. Do you think this is the best supporting cast he's ever had? Yeah,
0: I do. I think it's really, really good. I think he has Jota now. I think he has Fernandez now. Both of them at the peaks of their careers. Bernardo Silva, red hot, unbelievable. Joe Felix, you know, at one point we thought maybe the heir to Ronaldo's throne. Not so sure yeah. about that now. um, Rui Patricio in goal. You still have other guys. You have Nuno Mendez, who's been absolutely unbelievable at PSG. Um, Raf Rafael Leal, another guy who I think is extremely talented. Ruben Neves in the midfield, Carvalho, um, and then a extremely deep bench. I think this is this team is better than any Portugal side we've seen in a World Cup. And I know we've seen some really good teams. I know they just won the Euro, not this most recent Euro, but the last. But this team is extremely good and i think it's the it is the last chance that ronaldo's ever going to have at winning a world cup and he's so decorated that this would really just be you know the cherry on top before his retirement
1: yeah i mean it's the only thing he hasn't won yes right? yep it he's, is he's won the euros he's won the champions league he's won everything at club level yep. um he's won pretty much everything internationally at the professional and youth so um, it's just the last thing he can add to his trophy cabinet and his, ultimately his legacy at this point. That's what he's playing for is to establish himself as one of the greatest ever and he's done that but this will pretty much set him as the greatest if you think about it when it comes to individual accolades um, comparing to Messi obviously but um, you never know uh, you never know until the game's actually played so there, we, we know teams can upset um, others, teams can underperform and Portugal have been one of those teams where they just can't get the job done at times. So, And that comes down to the pressure. I guess on the other end, with Argentina, on the same thing, is this Argentina's best chance there? I mean, we would see 2014, they lost in the final to Germany. Yep. They've gone further than uh, Ronaldo with Portugal. But um, is this their run? Um, you
0: know, it, it's hard to say because... I think I have a better grasp of where Ronaldo is in his career than I do on where Messi is. And I think that's ultimately what it all comes down to is Messi because he's just, you know, for me, he's the greatest player I've ever seen. Um, I think he's better than Ronaldo. I've I've always kind of held true to that. Um, I don't think this is their best shot. I really don't. I think 2014 was probably their best shot. They had guys right. that were a little younger at that point. Um, you know, we, when I think now, I think of Dabala, I think of um, some of the guys they have at the back. You know, decent players and a decent midfield as well. But ultimately, you're still relying on Messi to do a lot of the creative things and scoring. on uh, yeah. Di Maria, of course, getting up there now. He's, he's starting to age. Um and I I I don't think this is this is it for them. I, I can't see them going all that far. You know, they may make it to the quarters, um, but I. If you ask me, you know, if I fancy Portugal or Argentina more, I'm, I'm taking Portugal every time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Our Messi's not going to work defensively, and that seems no. like that's you need everybody working to make a good run here in the team because the the slightest gap teams will take advantage of. Um, I'm looking at the most recent rankings right now. If it ended like this, Belgium's been the number one overall team for the last year. Yeah, pretty much since the whole year was the last time they weren't. They've they've been the number one team for, number one ranked team for at least four years, it's looking like, which is wild. Um, France and Brazil are flowing behind them. So I guess that first pot, if we're looking at it, with these rankings, this isn't the rankings yet, but pot one would be Qatar, Belgium, Brazil, France, Argentina, England. Um, Italy's not in it, so I'll skip them. Spain and Portugal, that'd be your pot one. Yep. Um, pot two, this would be the US. You'd have Denmark, Netherlands, Germany, Mexico, US, Switzerland, and... Croatia, and is that it? Right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and uh, Uruguay. So right there, we're only going to get one heavy hitter out of the top sixteen. And yeah. imagine we get Qatar, because then after yeah. that, it's, it's like take your pick. You could get like a, you could get a Japan and a and a Poland in your group. And on paper, you're thinking, "Oh, we're set." So, um. Obviously, the rankings are going to be a lot different. They, they these rankings include teams that aren't even going to qualify, so it's going to look a lot different. But um, yeah, I mean, our group could. It just it all comes down to Friday. Then we could have a more a more accurate discussion on on whether teams have a good shot or not and their comparison with each other. But um, it's not over yet. We still got Costa Rica tonight. It's our last showing before um, the tournament in November, which is weird to say still. Um, the World Cup's in, in uh, what, seven months, seven and a half months. Christmas. It's, it's going to start right right when Thanksgiving. Um, it's going to be weird. My dad mentioned we're going to have um, the NFL. Yeah. The NBA is going to be on, college football, um, and the World Cup. So Thanksgiving Day is going to be a yes. day full of, of NFL games and Turkey and World Cup matchups. We might have the U.S. on. So it's going to be a very... It's going to be an overwhelming feeling and, um, I guess, sensory overload.
0: I mean, I'm going to lose every dollar I owe. Yeah,
1: yeah gambling is going to be uh, at <laughs> peak now at the Christmas period. It's going to be absolutely bonkers.
0: It's I can't wait. I'm so excited. I think about it all the time. I was just talking to somebody the other day like, it's gonna be crazy. There's gonna be everybody's gonna be home. The World Cup's gonna be on. They're Gonna be able to yeah. go out to the bars and enjoy. Like it, it'll be great. I really think it's gonna be awesome. And usually it's in the summer. So for a lot of people that don't actually watch, um, they're out doing other things. But when it's cold, you know, when it's the winter or close to the winter, fall, I guess, um, and everybody's inside, I think we're gonna we're gonna really get to experience some crazy stuff because the U.S. is into you know, it's going to be great.
1: Yeah. It's going to be something that potentially this is the only time we're going to experience this time of the year. Yeah. Um, Depending on future bids and if another, um, middle Eastern country or who knows in 50 years, if, uh, an African country may host it or do a, a joint one like the U S are doing with Mexico and Canada. Um, so that's one thing we won't have to stress about qualifying in, uh, in four years. Yeah. Um, I'm still on the idea that I'm trying to go to all the games though. I was going to yeah. say,
0: I, I can't wait. Um, in 2026, when we're doing the podcast live from the hotel room and wherever, uh, wherever we went and saw the game, I, I mean, it it comes around once in a lifetime, really, um, a world cup that you can go and, and witness in person, uh, in your home country. And I think, when you are as obsessed and um, in love with the game as we are i mean we do a show on it every week you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't go because you you don't get that chance all that much it's like if i were to get tickets to go to the masters next week you, you don't give it up and you guys have been to the masters so um yeah. you know, you've you've been on ha- on hallowed ground it's as i've grown up i've realized like it doesn't not everybody gets to go in their lifetime
1: now um the u.s hosted the world cup the last time in 1994 yeah uh, that was the last time we had it and now it's going to be 32 years later we're going to host it again so um we may experience one more potentially in our lifetimes but um it's definitely something like you mentioned you can't pass up on so um i'll be i'll be 30 years old at that point so that'll be interesting um who knows where we'll be in life? Four years yeah. is a long time. It's already been four years since I was in college, so that just shows you how how fast things can go. Um, Zach, you guys are graduating from college now. Zach and Bray and you and everybody's starting to enter the real world now, and it's uh, it's different times. Who knows? At that point, could be at the beginning of starting a family, but. Um, hopefully not because if i am i won't be able to be able to travel You're, so I'm gonna, your wife's gonna I'm fucking gonna, hate you yeah i'm gonna <laughs> hold it off maybe i'll have a girlfriend we'll we'll, we'll travel together i yeah. knows?
0: that'd be great
1: um but yeah i guess until then we're just gonna have to wait and see how these groups play out in this world cup
0: yeah um all right guys well that's kind of it we I I didn't wasn't expecting us to get so deep into World Cup talk but that was actually enjoyable. It's it's nice to um talk about that and sort of get a handle on on what we think Matt and I as, as your hosts uh before before things uh start. So that's it from us this week. Um yeah, I mean, I don't there's a there's a ton else going on um in sports. I'm I'm toying with the idea of doing a Masters recap every day. I'm not sure yet. It depends on if I'm up to anything, um, might have you some, run.
1: you got the tiger news.
0: That's what I mean. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about doing when he announces if he's going to play or not. And he is there. He practiced yesterday. He is at Augusta. I don't know if he's going to be playing or not. And it's tough because I don't know how I feel yet. I, I don't know if I want to see it because everybody wants to see him play. I mean, it's
1: the last tournament he played in, right before he, he got um, in the accident. Um, or that's the, that was like his last big one he played. That was in. his
0: last big. That was the last big win. Um, when he won in in 2019, that was his most recent major. So, um, but he's you know he was playing um all the way kind of up until he got injured. So, um, yeah, I don't, I have no idea what to what to expect whether he's going to play or not, but. Um, I have been playing I've been paying so much attention to the PGA Tour this year. I've watched every single event pretty much every single day of every single event, so I'm dialed in. Um and I'm thinking maybe a Masters recap whether it's a live stream or something like uh every day after I would think, you know, that would be kind of a cool thing. So uh I'm going to think about it um you know, I'll let you guys know if it's if it's in the works or if I'm going to bail on it, but um yeah,
1: you can get you can get my dad on here with you.
0: Yeah, exactly. So guys keep your eyes peeled. You know, maybe we'll we'll get something going. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, but until next week, we will uh just keep our heads down and hopefully you guys enjoy the Premier League back this weekend. I know Matt and I are both extremely excited. So take care of yourselves until then. We'll see you next week and uh yeah, stay safe. See ya.